for listening to our podcast, recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website, gatewaychurchashford.co.uk. We've been doing a series on the gospel and the spirit, and uh, this, this, I've had this word on my heart for, really, I suppose, a couple of three months. Um, so the gospel, the spirit, and our emotions. So I'm going to, uh, we're just going to see a video, just to be a, a provocation, and uh, emotions come into the Christmas season, believe it or not. You know that there is, there is great joy when you read the New Testament, when you, you look at the scripture, uh, right at the very beginning of Luke, you find uh, a lady there who's, um, who's experienced uh, what it's like to be childless for nearly all of her life and the disgrace that that brought and then the sudden joy of the announcement of uh, uh, the fact that she was uh, going to give birth and uh, what, what a joyous occasion. And then, of course, you, you have the, the promise of Jesus uh, to Mary and, and, and the great joy in that my soul does magnify the Lord and my spirit does rejoice in God my Saviour. So there is great joy uh, in, in the Christmas message. There are all sorts of emotions that go on in the Christmas message. And as you and I know, as we approach Christmas, there are all sorts of emotions about families gather, gathering together, about people who are not there anymore, about strained relationships and so on. So Christmas can be quite a, a difficult season, actually, in many, many different ways. So we're just going to watch a little bit of a clip from uh, anybody seen the film Inside Out. Oh, not so many. Okay. Highly recommend it, but we're just going to see a couple of minutes of Inside Out just to set the scene. So if I was to ask you this morning, how are you feeling? I wonder whether you'd really know how to respond. What are you feeling at this moment in time? How did you come to church this morning? Did you come with a heavy heart? Did you come with great joy? The songs that we've been singing are songs of of great joy and adoration of of being in the presence of the Lord. Um, Maybe you've come with strained feelings about a situation at home, maybe a difficult situation at work in different ways. How did you come in with this morning? Could you really identify your feelings? You know what's going on. You're aware of the, the challenges and what's going on, but can you really identify your feelings? Are we going to get there? Yes. Oh, right. You've got to watch so, a little bit of this. how was the first day of school? It was fine, I guess. I don't know. Do you ever look at someone and wonder, what is going on inside their head? Did you guys pick up on that? Sure oh, did. Well, something's wrong. We're going to find out what's happening, but we'll need support. Signal the husband. Uh-oh, she's looking at us. What did she say? What? Oh, oh, sorry, sir. No one was listening. Is it garbage night? Uh, we left the toilet seat up. What? What is it, woman? What? Signal him again. Ah, so, Riley, how was school? Oh, you gotta be kidding me. For this, we gave up that Brazilian helicopter pilot? School was great, all right? What was that? I thought you said we were gonna act casual. Riley, is everything okay? (sighs) Sir, she just rolled her eyes at us. All right, make a show of force. I don't wanna have to put the foot down. No, not the foot. Riley, I do not like this new attitude. Oh, I'll show you attitude, old man. No, 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 breathe. 
What is your problem? Just leave me alone. Sir, reporting high levels of sass. Take it to DEFCON 2. DEFCON 2. I don't know where this disrespectful attitude came from. You want a piece of this, Pops? Yeah, well, look. Prepare the foot. Keys to safety position. Ready to launch on your command, sir. Just shut up! Fire! That's it. Go to your room. The foot is down. The foot is down. Yeah! Good job, gentlemen. That could have been a disaster. Well, that was a disaster. Come, fly with me, Gachinha. Uh, do you identify with that at all? <laughs> I do recommend seeing the whole film. It is well worth, well worth watching. <laughs> um, a very good look and take on the emotions, what's going on inside our hearts, inside our minds. And uh, so here we are coming up with the Christmas story, a Christmas story involving emotion in every way. And, um, you know, but having gone through the series, the gospel and the spirit... You could be here today thinking, as I have done, so I'm saved, I know I'm saved, I'm filled with the Spirit, and I know I'm filled with the Spirit, but, and it's a big but, I just don't get these emotions. Have you been there? Yeah, there are several nods going on. I've been there. I can remember, you know, I tried to make sure I really got saved because I struggled with some of these things. You know, I'd become a Christian, and then as I was walking through my early Christian life, it was, it was a, a little bit up and down, and I was trying to work out what was going on. Maybe I'm not saved properly, so I'd do it again, just make sure I was saved. You know, and then it, it kind of get a bit bumpy again, and, and then I'd have my doubts, and I'd do it again just to make sure I was saved. And uh, the reality is I needed to come to a, a conclusion on that one. And I did one day that actually I was really saved, and that couldn't be undone. And, uh, but hang on a minute, what's going on? And, and then I encountered the Holy Spirit. I was filled with the Holy Spirit and, and knew the power of the Holy Spirit dramatically in my life. And, and suddenly I thought, well, hang on, we've now got the Spirit in power with us. But these emotions, what do I do with them? I don't always feel joy. I don't always feel bad. And sometimes I feel pretty miserable. And um, I went through some tough times just trying to work all of that out. So many of us, in many ways, identify with this kind of thing because we kind of think, well, okay, if if he saved me and I'm a new creation, what's all this about? If I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and the Spirit is dwelling in me, what is all this about? Surely uh, it's a case now of autopilot. God is with me. God is present to me in power. And so surely these things are just going to drop away. I'm not going to have a problem with patience. Nobody's going to get under my skin. No conversation is going to irk me, etc. No, no situation is going to get under my skin at work, whatever it is. What about my emotions? Sometimes I feel it, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I don't feel saved, but that doesn't mean I'm not saved. Sometimes I don't feel I have the Spirit, but that doesn't mean I don't have the Spirit. You know, in many ways, it's a bit like a a weightlifter. A weightlifter doesn't go around all the time thinking, I feel strength, I feel strength, I feel strength, does he? He feels the strength when he goes into action, when he bends and he squats down and he he puts his hands to those bars and as he begins to tense and, and, and begin to lift, he feels the power within him. 
And, and the same is for us. And, and so we, we, we are saved. We have the Holy Spirit. But life, uh, for us as Christians, is not promised an easy one. There are, there are curveballs that are thrown, thrown our way. There's, there's, there's bad news. There's all sorts of things that can get under our skin. It can be people in our families. It can be a situation at work. Different things that get under, under our skin and rile us in different ways. They, they get us down. How does all of this fit with being saved, being filled with the Holy Spirit? Surely if God is in my life, things are meant to be different. Won't things just go away? So why don't I have all that why do I have all these horrible and confusing feelings? And that's a good question. That's a good question. You know, one of the biggest factors in, in, uh, in our world today is the rise of mental illness. And uh, uh, to be sick in our minds. We, it's funny, we can talk about being sick in our bodies, and that's, that's kind of okay. But if you talk about being sick in your mind in some way, people kind of look at you strange. And yet it's all part of our makeup. It's all part of our being. And, and uh, one time was, it was, the conversation was, how, how do we deal with sickness? And of course, we, we thank God for a national health service. We thank God for all that's provided in that direction. But the big issue today is mental illness, what goes on in our minds and, and the fact that people can't cope with what's going on. So it's a, it's a good question and one that every one of us needs to, comes to term, come to terms with. So as I said at the beginning, how do you feel today? Did you, did you know how you felt when you come in? And there's a whole list of things there. Exhausted, confused, ecstatic, guilty, angry, frustrated, sad, confident, embarrassed, happy, disgusted, scared, enraged, ashamed, overwhelmed, depressed. I wonder if you fitted it, where you fitted on that scheme of things. And so there's a whole host of emotions that we can feel at any given time, and we can even have different emotions in the same moment. Great joy in the midst of, 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 of a difficult situation. We can, we can have all sorts of things going on within our hearts and minds. Much mental illness results from not knowing what's going on with our feelings, uh, which reflect our thoughts, which in turn are a response to the world around us, what's going on, the people and, and, and events that are taking place around us. You know, God's desire is our maturity. It says in, in Scripture that he has predestined every one of us to be like Jesus. And when you look at Jesus, I mean, his emotions didn't get the better of him. He had emotions, but they didn't get the better of him. He was an emotionally full man in every sense of the word. And we are predestined to be like Jesus. And God's desire is our maturity, but maturity will never take place if we don't come to terms with our emotions. And for many years as a, a Christian, I didn't do that. And as a Christian man, I didn't do that. It's kind of like that's women's stuff. They can have that if they like. But for me, I'm a man. I just don't do, do that kind of stuff. Until I reached a point in my Christian life where I discovered that I was angry. But my anger wasn't that which was expressed externally, which anybody could see in a demonstrable way. It was inside. It was internalized anger. And the way it was coming out, I had to come to terms with it that as a Christian, I was angry for various reasons. But it took me a long time to work that out and to work out why I was angry. And, and so our emotions, listen to this, our emotions are the doorway to God's grace in our lives, bringing about transformation. So unless we, 
we recognize this, we will always externalize our faith. We will always treat it as something we, we do on the outside. So we, we put on things. We, we behave in certain ways. We try to live up to people's expectations. And we live externally. But if we are to be truly transformed, then we need to live from the inside and inside out. And so our emotions are a doorway for God's grace to enter our lives. And you may have come in this morning with all sorts of emotions. You've just wished that they would go away. The answer is, you can't wish them away. But in that emotion, you can open that door of your heart to the grace of God to come in and bring healing and help right in the midst of that pain, right in the midst of that resentment, right in the midst of that difficulty. And so... It is the doorway to God's grace enabling us to to grow and find a way through. So number one, God made us with emotions. Do you recognize them? Or do you try and bury them? Therefore, they are important, aren't they? It it would be strange not to have them. How many of you have seen Star Trek? Yeah? And if you've seen Star Trek, you know all about Vulcan, uh, the Vulcans. You know all about Spock. And you know how Spock tries to to live and act and make decisions in an entirely logical, mechanical way. He doesn't want in any way to interact with emotions because emotions, they mess with your mind. And emotions might send you down the wrong course, etc. And it's just fascinating just to watch this this being trying to to be non-emotional. And of course you have the the counterpart, and I forget the guy now in, in Star Trek, who is all emotional about everything, and so on. And uh, so for, for, for Spock, emotions just confuse things. But emotions are the reality that God has given to us. And I thank God for them. I thank God that God made me to feel that I'm not a robot. But it is at times a great challenge in feeling. We weren't meant to live calculated, logical, reason-oriented non-feeling lives. God made us in his image and he made us with emotions. And when you read the scriptures, they they are full of emotions, the highs and and the lows in every sense of the word. And you go to the Psalms, and I love the book of Psalms, and David knew what it was to to feel low. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? He knew what it was to to feel alone and and angry with God. Why, Why have you forgotten me, God? Where are you? I thought you were my God and on my case and on our case, but you don't seem to be there. Why, why have you forgotten? Why, why, why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? And he, so he was alone and he knew what it was to be angry with God. He didn't like his present circumstances. He thought they shouldn't be uh, what they were at that moment in time. He, he was angry with others and he used some pretty descriptive language. I mean, how's this for thing, your, your, your thoughts about others? Even your prayers about others break the teeth in their mouths, O oh God, <laughs> and smash the jaws of these lions. <laughs> I mean, this, this, is, this is David, the friend of God, the man of God. He knew utter despair. He says, My heart is in anguish within me, the terrors of death. They, they assail me, fear and trembling, it's beset me, and, and horror has overwhelmed me. That might be where you are this morning. Others have been there before you. And they've discovered it a doorway to God's grace. To God's help in that time. He was confused. Wondering what God was up to. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? 
How long will you hide your face from me? And he also knew great joy, and we've already had reference to some of the Psalms there. I will exult in you, God, my King. I will rejoice in you. And so we see that David has all, all aspects of emotion in so many, many different ways. The lows and the highs. And when we look at Jesus, and we've been reminded this morning of, that he was indeed God in the flesh, very God, the second person of the Trinity, that he was very God in the flesh, that he was, he was at the same time in real human flesh. He was fully human as well. And he knew what it was to rejoice. He knew what it was to, to weep at the death of a loved one. He knew what it was to, to be angry. He knew what it was to, to be moved with compassion, with intense pity, uh, with action. He, he knew what it was to, to suffer personal rejection and, and betrayal. He knew deep anguish in his soul. You go and read Isaiah 53, which speaks of the Messiah and speaks of his suffering and the intense feeling that would be in his soul. His emotions, though, were always bounded by the Father's love and the possibility that God's love may not be realized in others. So his emotions were always bounded by his knowledge of Father's love but also by the potential that that, rea- that love may not be re- realized in others. If you look at Romans chapter uh, 12, verses 9 to 21, we have there a scripture that has all sorts of stuff going on, it, on in it. All sorts of emotions going on in there. Romans, 9, don't, Romans 12, verse 9, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. Don't be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. That means with joy in the Lord. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. And when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. And never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you're honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. And dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. And so in that portion of Scripture alone, you've got a whole host of differing emotions going on. And so when you read the Scriptures, we discover that God made us, he made us with emotions. And because, number two, he made us with emotions, they needn't be scary. Because he made you with emotions, those emotions needn't be scary. You know, in the past, people have run scared of emotions, uh, both in, inside, in the church and outside of it. Well-known philosophers would argue against emotion. Well-known teachers of Scripture would argue against emotion. Some have said that emotions were a a leftover thing from from evolution and we don't need them now. They're of no benefit. They can be dismissed and avoided at all costs, whether negative or positive. So we just live from our intellect. We live, in, in one sense, clinically. Uh, and this is, this is where it leads to, it means we, we're to be angry without feeling anger, we're to rejoice without feeling joy, we're to love without feeling love, and, and life, life is not in the emotions but in the intellect. That sounds more like the Vulcans in Star Trek than what God intended us to be. 
And, and take note of this. If that is the way that we live, an, an emotionally cold life is a dead life. And it, will be not, it won't be a life that goes on to maturity. On the other hand, in, in much of pop psychology, emotional states have become somewhat sacred. They, they've become idolized. And everything today can, can be about what you feel and, and just letting your emotions out, letting it go, letting them run free, giving vent to them. But listen, an emotionally controlled life is a life that is out of control. So we don't want an emotionally dead life, but at the same time, we don't want an emotionally, a, a, a life that is emotionally out of control. And Scripture is just full of honest examples of people and their emotions, and I encourage you to search the Scriptures. God made us with them. We don't need to run scared of them or let them take control and run wild. They're there for a purpose. Psalm 105, I love Psalm 105, and tucked away in it is a, a precious couple of verses that I've always found uh, one of my, my favorite verses about Joseph, right in the, in the middle of this psalm. And, and I love the marginal reading, reading of it because it says that when he was thrown into prison, he, they, there were shackles put on him. But actually the marginal reading in the, the older, uh, older versions of Scripture, and we don't tend to get those now, the older rendering is his soul came into iron, or iron entered his soul. So while he was there in prison, something, he wasn't just physically shackled, but something entered into his very being and affected his feelings, affected his very soul. And, and, and so he wrestled with God there in that prison. He, he, it's like, what is going on here? I know you have called me for a purpose, but that purpose is not coming to pass in this prison. And so he had great feelings. He wasn't just physically in chains. He felt it to the core of his being. He could have let his emotions get the better of him. He could have coldly denied them. But no, they were the doorway to God's grace in preparing him ultimately for God's purpose. And it says in uh, a verse, half a verse later, it says, until what, had, what he had said had come to pass, the word of the Lord kept testing him. That may be the case for someone here this morning. God has spoken, but at the moment in time you feel imprisoned by your circumstances. You, you can't fulfill the word that God has spoken to you. And there's all sorts of emotions going on in that moment. The point is it becomes a doorway, or it should be a doorway for God's grace to come in and mould you and make you for that day that is yet ahead of you. I can remember getting so frustrated with God knowing what he had called me to do and thinking, God, why doesn't it happen? And I'll be honest, I used to go to bed one day, I used to go to bed at the end of Sundays and, and hope that tomorrow would be the, the day, the day, the day. And it never happened. It didn't happen like that. In many ways, my soul was in prison. In many ways, I was captive. I was wrestling with my emotions. I was trying to work out what God was doing. God, I thought you had said this to me, but this is happening. And it all seems at times to be just going completely in the other direction. But it is in those moments opening the door to God's grace and saying, God, here am I. I'm messed up. I don't know what's going on, but I know you're on my case. What are you wanting to do in me? How are you wanting to tra transform me? Oh, it's so easy in life, isn't it, to, to get frustrated and think, if only I was in a different situation, it would be far better. If only, you know, I, I was in a different place. If only I was in a different job. If only I was in a, all sorts of things we can multiply out in our minds. 
and think, if it was a different scenario, I could be the person God really wanted me to be. But God has you where you are because that's his school. And those situations that you find yourself in are, are at this moment in time the means through which God is molding and making you. But they will only become the doorway to God's answer, to God's provision, to God's grace as you open your heart to those emotions that are going on inside you. So, number three. Can I just throw this one in quickly? God wants you to feel your faith. You know? Faith, sometimes we, we plod along, don't we? Sometimes we, just, we, we go through the motions. Yeah, I, I go, need to go to church. Yeah, I've got to sing the songs. Yeah, he, him over there, he's joyful, but boy, I don't feel like it this morning, you know? And, and God, but God wants us to feel our faith. And, you know, some of us, we've had backgrounds where perhaps that was, that was wrong. You had the deep joy. It was so deep, nobody ever discovered it. You know, they would meet with you and they think, well, I don't know where his joy is, but it's somewhere in there, so he says. But God wants us to have a joy that not only is deep within, a, a pure joy that is rooted in knowing God through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, but he wants us to have a spillover joy as well, a joy that wells up, that fills us up and, and, it, it, and spills out at times and, and, and splashes out on other people's lives. What's your joy like this morning? Do you really have joy in Jesus? Or has the enemy robbed you of it? Has the enemy come in as that one who will kill and destroy? And, and he's just got your focus this morning on, on all the difficult things in your life, all the challenging things. And that's all that you're seeing this morning. We've already heard it again, said, look away unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him, joy of possessing you and having you in the family for all eternity, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame. God wants us to have from joy. We were made to live from joy. And wherever we're at this morning, if we're not in a place of joy, we need to find a way of returning to joy. Because it's joy that invigorates our hearts. It is joy that stimulates our minds. We were not made to be negative could talk a whole lot about this, about how the brain works. And negativity actually shrinks the brain. It actually reduces the connections within the brain. I've seen images of, of people who've, who've been negative thinking, where the brain has actually shrunk, whereas a positive brain expands. And so we were made for positivity. No wonder it says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. No wonder it talks about drawing water from the wells of salvation that we might be joyful. You can see how the enemy likes to come in to rob, kill, steal and destroy. One could say a whole lot there. So, you can feel our faith. God wants you to feel joy. God wants you to feel peace. He wants you to feel his love. Not just know it in an intellectual way, but to feel it. The ground of our faith and experience will always be the word of God when we don't feel things. When I don't feel saved, it doesn't mean that I'm not. I have his word for it that I am. Hallelujah. Emotions, number four, help us to regulate life. They help us to regulate life. Uh, so we were designed to live from the inside out, but very often we, we regulate it from the outside in. We try and control things all around the outside. And we don't make a very good job of it. But we were made to live from the inside out. And emotions are a God's gift enabling us to, to regulate our, the direction we take in life. We're born again. We're spirit-filled. 
but that doesn't mean that you and I are on autopilot. Sometimes some translations perhaps don't help. So you'll find in some translations of Scripture, read Romans chapter 8, where it talks about that we are controlled either by the flesh or controlled by the Spirit. That is not a good translation because it suggests that you have no choice. You have no free will involved in that. It suggests that somehow you are controlled, that you are swept along uh, of, by, by some other power, whether it be the flesh or whether it be the spirit. That's not what I read in Scripture. We were made uh, with responsibility. We were made with minds that could make choices, etc. And uh, uh, so we can get a wrong conception just by thinking of it in that way. So we're not controlled by the spirit. We yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. And we listen to him and we learn of him. And so emotions are like cars on the dashboard. Um, I don't know whether you look at yours. I, I did find an image that had about 100 of them on there. And I thought, goodness me, I wouldn't want those on my dashboard because I'm not sure it would be that helpful. But the images on the dashboard, they're there for a purpose. You know, when, when it starts, when it's, it, when it's green, it's okay. Or white, it's okay. Uh, when when it's, uh, it's on amber, it may be something you need to think about. When it's, when it's red, when it's flashing, then you really need to stop. In fact, you don't only really need to, you've got to stop. Because if you carry on driving, your engine could blow up, you know, and you, you could be calling out the brake down services in a big way. So emotions are much like the, the lights on the dashboard. The negative ones are there for a reason, and we need to take note of them. Uh, when it's all green, all systems are go. Hallelujah. And uh, so as Christians, as, as believers in Jesus, filled with the Spirit, our, our personality is not overridden. We don't suddenly become saints. We don't automat automatically regulate our lives. There's, there's, there's growing to do. There's, there's maintenance to be done. We're called to walk in and empowered to live in newness of life. And that means that we can change my history or present doesn't have to be my future, but my emotions are the doorway to God's grace, which brings transformation in my life. And that's an important thing uh, to remember. Ignoring our emotions then is not an option, and yet how frequently we do. We just go on and hope it will go away. And perhaps we end up going to bed at night, and actually it's there festering in our minds in some way manifesting itself in dreams. And we wake up with it the next morning. How frequently we ignore them. Ignoring anxiety and anger and sadness and fear and rejection. Just hoping, perhaps, it might just go away of its own accord. Number five, as Christians, we don't need to live under them. The goal is emotional formation. It's important to the, to the development of godly character. Without it, we, we just end up wearing a mask, living from the outside in, not the inside out. And the emotional formation involves that ability to identify, reflect on, and, and process both ours and others' feelings, their desires, the desires, the passions, in a way that is both healthy and god honoring. It requires that we grow in our understanding of God's love. In every sense of the word, its length, its breadth, its depth, its height. We have to be secure there, otherwise we can be thrown here, there and everywhere emotionally. 
But when we, when we do that, we discover that that disab disables the emotional bondage within our lives as we discover how God loves us, as we discover that we're securing Christ, as we discover his great heart in working even through our present circumstances to bring about transformation and fulfill his purpose. So we, we pray for transformation. You know, I can remember as a young Christian, God praying, God change me. God make me more like Jesus. Have you ever done that? Yeah? It's a really dangerous prayer. It really, really is. Because, like, God gets on your case big time, you know, and, and suddenly he'll be putting his finger on different things in your life in different ways. And, it, you know, you'll get those ouch factors. And, oh, I didn't realize that was there. Or I didn't realize I responded in that way. Or in my case, I, I didn't realize that I got the anger inside me that I've got. And, 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 and then when he opens up, opens up that door, it's, God, what do I do with this? How do I respond to it? So it's a big prayer, but it's a good prayer. And it involves the unmasking of our inner selves. What's going on on the inside? The, the anxiety, the loneliness, the anger, the despair, the depression, the rejection, all sorts of feelings. And with it comes corresponding pain. And that's why we don't want to go there. We say, I don't want to go there because it's a place of pain. But pain is God's megaphone whereby he speaks to us and brings healing into our lives. It's always part of that route to, to wholeness. And so simply then, as we try and draw to a close here, and I, I've thrown a whole lot out there that we could have talked about for two or three weeks probably easily. Emotional feeding, feel it, freedom comes through discovering the emotion. I don't know if anyone have seen this. You can go on the internet and find it. It's called the, the, the feeling wheel. And all around the top of it, you've got negative emotions that flow out from, from the middle there, abandoned, fear, controlled, which has shame to it. And then move out in that direction, and in the bottom half is positive emotions that flow from love. But do you notice what's right in the middle there? Forgiveness. Forgiveness is a big one if we want emotional health and wholeness and freedom. And so it is how we move from the top half to the bottom half. It's how we make that transition. So using tools like that can help you to identify your, your, your feelings, what's going on, the emotions, and what triggered them. Uh, we recognize the emotion for what it is, and we ask what's at the back of it. We check out our beliefs, because very often at the back of an emotion is, is a thought which is related to our beliefs, and it may be something about ourselves, our insecurities, our, our fears, and, and all sorts of things that are going on. Beliefs impact our expectations, too, of our own lives and of others. Maybe it's a negative response to, to a person, a situation you've come up against recently or, or some news that you've been, just been given. But it is stopping in that moment and recognizing it for what it is. And then it's seeking the renewal of our minds, honestly acknowledging it before God and, 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 and taking that emotion to God and dealing with it like the psalmist does, does in all reality, speaking it out to him, sharing it with him, maybe even somebody else who can help you along the way if it's that big. And praying it through and, and seeking the renewing of our minds. So Paul says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so seeking that renewal through the power of the Holy Spirit in the word of God. Our emotions are the door to God's grace. 2 Corinthians 7 uh, and verse 9 says this, where, where we have Paul, or, or, um, Paul talking 
about this, this affliction, whatever it was he was experiencing. And it, obviously it was affecting him on the inside. And he goes to God and he prays three times. And he says, God, would you, would you take it away from me? And there's no answer. God, would you take it away from me? And there's no answer. God, would you take it away from me? And there's no answer. And then there is an answer. So three times I prayed, and then God says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Would you do that this morning with whatever it is that you are facing? And it may be that you've been praying, God, take it away. I can't handle this anymore. I don't know what to do with it. God, would you just remove it? It's a doorway to God's grace. And as a doorway to God's grace, it's a doorway to transformation, to becoming more whole, to becoming more like Jesus. And, and very lastly, there may be some here who suffer from deep emotional wounds. Things that have been done to you that should never have been done. It may be that you're here this morning and you're suffering from wounds that are things that should have happened but didn't. So you've got the active and the passive, things that were done and should never have been done. Things that were left out that should have been there. Maybe that someone said something, maybe that someone's done something, it may be that you feel hurt, rejection, bitterness, anger. You can't stay there because it will consume your soul. But there is healing in the heart of God for you this morning. So let's stand, shall we, as we draw to a close. Whoever you are, and with whatever you're facing, whatever emotions that have gone on in your heart and life this week, whatever you're feeling at this moment in time, God gave you your emotions. Thank God for them. Thank God for them. Father, in this moment, we give you thanks that you made us with emotions. the highs and the lows and everything in between. We give you thanks that you made us as people who can feel. But Lord, you know that there are times when our emotions get the better of us. Times when life just goes into a tailspin because of something that's gone on around us, something that somebody's said, something that's, something's been done. And it set off our emotions and we've gone into a, a deep tailspin. God, we bless you that you're the, the one who comes right under us to lift us up, up again. Yes. And I just want to pray for any here this morning who have been deeply wounded by things that have been done to them that should never have been done. Lord, may they in this moment discover and in these days ahead the doorway of your grace to bring your healing and wholeness into their lives, that they may be emotionally free 
and whole and be able to go on with life and enter into all that you have given and have for them. For those who are in emotional pain because of things that have been missing from their lives, the Father's love may be. Life was cold. There was no relationship. I pray this morning that they may know, again, the doorway of your, God, your grace and your love, just bringing healing in. Holy Spirit, you are interested in healing us from the inside out. And for those of us who, in our day-to-day walks, are struggling with all sorts of things that just are kicking off our emotions in different ways, and perhaps we've not really recognized what's going on, help us, Lord, to identify them. Help us to identify what's going on in your minds, that the, the, the thoughts that those emotions are attached to. Help us to, to process all of that in the light of, of you and your word and the power of your spirit. Lord, help us to get from the upper half of that circle to the lower half of that circle, from the negative to the positive, to live not in fear but in love, and to know the release that that brings. I just sense too that as we hear that, maybe that there are some here this morning who, who just need to forgive someone. And their, their attitude, their the way they've been is controlling your life. And you need to take the middle part of that circle and, and just release forgiveness to them. It doesn't justify what they've done, but you need to release forgiveness. And I really do believe that God wants to release some positive emotions and time has gone, but as you go on through this day and this week, to the release of, of joy, I just really believe there are some here this morning who just really need to know the release of joy. Holy Spirit, would you just take the cork out the bottle? Would you just open up lives to a new sense of your joy? The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. In the Holy Spirit, this Christmas time, may there be the reality of peace. Yes. May there be the reality of joy in our lives. Holy Spirit, come and flood us with your love as well. That it won't be just an intellectual thing, but something we feel deep from our hearts. For lost ones, for broken ones, for one another. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you. We open this doorway to your grace in our lives, through our motions, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.